It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Panthers podcast and on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show. And subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the rest. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Panthers and all your favorite podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's very simple. It's very easy for you, too, especially if you're watching on YouTube. It's right there in front of you. Why do you need to follow me there? Well, because... Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And for you to participate, you have to at me at Julian Council or DM me, which is what most people do, at Julian Council over on Twitter. But again, first, make sure to follow me at Julian Council on Twitter. So do that, and we will be in, well, we'll we'll have a great relationship. I want to talk to you guys. That's kind of the best way for you to interact with the show. I don't know if people are commenting a lot on YouTube. I think they do. I'm, I'm sorry if I don't respond to them, which I don't. Just the easiest way to interact with me in the show is by uh, tweeting at me or DMing me on Twitter. And I'll always, you know, keep it civil. Don't say anything crazy because that would be mean. Uh, either way, though, let's get into it, guys. It's been a fun week. The Panthers are through seven days of training camp practices. They were off on Thursday, had more of a walkthrough. They're back on the field this afternoon or this morning, really. And then tomorrow, they're having the first padded practice or padded scrimmage of training camp. Will there be more separation from Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield? Will Pat Elfline finally succumb to Bradley Bozeman and Bozeman takes over the center spot? Will Iki Aquanu get to be the starting left tackle? All these things that we want to know. But we'll get those answers later on. Let me go ahead and answer y'all's weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Starting off with Tom. And he has some very pressing news here. Hey, Julian. Just seen the news about Thomas Flesher. Initial thoughts were a waste of a pick, but trying to stay positive about this year, I'd rather them cut him and look foolish until we talk about something else, then start him to justify drafting him and him not turning out to be worthy of a starter, which makes a lot of sense. Good logic there, Tom. One for the mailbag, if it's not too late, which it's not, who do you think is the biggest sleeper slash dark horse player on the squad for this season? I'm going to answer that, but let me first address the Thomas Fletcher news. 
I'd come out here and said when we were breaking down our camp battles that Thomas Fletcher needed to win the job, basically so that Matt Rule could save face. Now, J.J. Jansen has not had a bad snap since 2010. Was it 2010? Okay, hold on. I need to go back because I, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say wrong information here. Uh, Joe Person had tweeted this out. I I want to say it was 2010, and if I had it right the first time, I'm going to feel really dumb that I had to go through all this. Uh, yeah, since 2010, folks. 2010. That was 11 seasons ago. The last time JJ Jansen had a bad snap. And for whatever reason, I get it. He's older. He's 36, 35 last year. The Carolina Panthers thought that the best thing to do was to go draft Thomas Fletcher, who was the national long snapper of the year for the national championship winning Alabama Crimson Tide. The Tide were so good that even their long snapper got drafted in the sixth round. We did see the video. It was funny. It was a little bit heartwarming that Thomas Fletcher thought the Panthers were calling him to be a UDFA, but really they were calling him to let him know that he was being drafted, and he was shocked by it. Which he should have been, because Thomas Fletcher should have never been drafted. We knew then, and hindsight always is twenty twenty. Looking at it now, what a terrible decision the Carolina Panthers made back then. But even looking at it in the moment, it didn't make a ton of sense when you're calling someone, he's talking to other teams, because he's not expecting to get drafted, because you don't draft long snappers. He didn't win the job last year. The Panthers were able to stock him away or stow him away on season-ending IR, and he studied on the roster. But they decided on Thursday afternoon that he was never going to beat at J.J. Jansen. It's time to wave him. Maybe he'll find his way back here one day on the practice squad or later on. But right now, he is no longer a Carolina Panther. When this happened, a lot of people on Panthers Twitter, a very passionate, intelligent, educated group, decided to point out the fact that the Panthers drafted a long snapper instead of Trey Smith, who was an excellent guard last year for the Kansas City Chiefs. And my response to that is, how many of y'all, like, be honest with me. If you can show me receipts of you tweeting out at that time, man, the Panthers should have drafted Trey Smith, all power to you. But realistically, how many of y'all even knew of the existence of Trey Smith? How many of you were aware of the medical issues that he dealt with back at Tennessee that caused him to miss time and his reason why he's dropped all the way back to the sixth round? How many of you were aware of that? Again, we have a lot of educated, smart fans out there. I'm not trying to talk down anybody. I just legitimately want to know because I have a hard time believing that this many people were out there banging the table telling the Carolina Panthers to draft Trey Smith. If anything, if you want to be upset about them not taking Trey Smith, look no further than earlier in the sixth round when they took Deontay Brown. Deontay Brown, who came in with weight issues, which is always going to be a question with him, and who's barely played. Took him time to get into shape last year, had a little bit of a knee injury. Then he played the last game of the season against Tampa. Looked really good. But now looking at it, free agency, they went out and got Austin Corbett to be the starting right guard. Dante Brown, Deontay Brown's position. And when you look at some of the reports about how who might make the offensive line unit, he's right there on the roster bubble. Trey Smith's going to start again in Kansas City. And is probably going to be a long-term guy there in KC and in NFL as a starter. Deontay Brown might not even be on the Panthers roster come week one. If you want to look at the, anybody there in the sixth round, and I get it, Thomas Fletcher, terrible decision. But if you really want to get upset with the Panthers not taking Trey Smith, then point no for, look no further than the fact that they took Deontay Brown instead of Trey Smith. They looked at Deontay Brown and Trey Smith and said, we would rather have Deontay Brown. And how has that worked out? We'll see. Deontay Brown might still have a future. But again, they, dra- they, ha- they drafted the guy to be the starter at right guard for at least the next two years, possibly three years. 
Deontay Brown, probably not going to play center. Is going to be left guard. That looks like that's Brady Christensen. Or it will be Ike Iquanu. I don't know where he is in the future plans. And Cade Mays, who's more versatile, seems to me to probably have an upper hand on Deontay Brown. So it's been a lot of time talking about Thomas Fletcher. But, even, but anything, though, I just I laugh every time I see, oh, they should have taken Trey Smith instead of a long snapper. Maybe they should have taken Trey Smith instead of Deontay Brown. And I think that's the argument to make. As far as uh, biggest sleeper and dark horse players, as you asked there, Tom, um, in rant, um, man, I mean, his gross mottos, would you consider him a sleeper? Because I think he's someone who's going to break out this year. I, I bring out the Buffalo game a lot of times where he had two and a half sacks in that game. Then he gets COVID, misses the last two games of the year when he really was starting to peak. He's dealt with injuries, but if he's healthy, I think that man can be a monster. So that's kind of the guy I'm looking out to be uh, the dark horse player. You could even maybe say C.J. Henderson. And speaking of C.J. Henderson, here's a question about C.J. Henderson, who we spent a lot of time, I think, on Wednesday's podcast talking about. Kyle said, how's your week been, Julian, uh, for the Friday mailback? Thank you. Uh, Kyle's been great. He said, I was at Wofford on Monday, and I hope a lot of you all have gotten an opportunity to go down to Wofford for training camp. Um, he said, the day J.C. Horn was taken off the pup list and w- was watching the DB drills, DBs doing their drills, while they were doing them, the coach that was instructing the drills had to keep correct and fixing C.J. Henderson while making him redo the ones he kept messing up but raved about how J.C. and Dante were doing them correctly. So the question is, what is a realistic expectation for a player who was initially drafted to replace Jalen Ramsey, that being C.J. Henderson? Okay, so practice and training camp in particular, a part of that, yeah, if he messes up rep, you redo him. That's coaching an individual. That is a positive thing. Now, you don't necessarily want to hear that he's messing up certain reps, but either way, Evan Cooper, Steve Wilkes are paid to coach these guys up. And I spent a lot of time on the podcast the other day talking about just how C.J. Henderson could be the X factor to take this team from good to great defensively in 2022. J.C. Horn was talking about him the other day as well and saying that he loves that on the other side of him, there's someone who's just as good as him. You have two top 10 picks and Dante Jackson, who is a veteran and was a second round pick in his own right at LSU. That to me looks like a cornerback room that has a chance to be elite, a chance to dominate in the NFL this upcoming season. And for the next two, three years, as I broke down the contract structure for Dante and when JC and CJ would be getting paid over the next couple years, if the Panthers and do indeed want to keep them around and they pan out the way that they hope and we all hope that they will. The expectation is that CJ Henderson should be a high-level starter for the Carolina Panthers, that he should go out there and play just as well as J.C. and Dante and be a major factor in this secondary. I wouldn't get too caught up in what you saw the other day as far as the reps. Again, I have not been able to lay my own eyes on this team in the flesh, in person. I was able to watch the practice last Saturday when they were at Gibbs Stadium. I have not got an opportunity to go down there. I have another job. I would love to, but that's just not the reality of the situation right now. But even still... I just don't think you should be too concerned. I think C.J. Henderson will absolutely show us more than what we saw from him last year, this upcoming season, based off of what Steve Smith said, what J.C. Horn said, and really what everyone is saying down there at Wofford right now. All right, going to take a quick pause here on Locked on Panthers and come back and answer the rest of your questions here on the weekly Friday mailbag. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. 
BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get back to the questions here on the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers going to Brody, who says, in this offseason, why didn't we even try to replace Dan Arnold? We were just talking about C.J. Henderson. The reason why he's here is because the Carolina Panthers traded for him a year ago, sending a third-round pick, and Dan Arnold, who they had signed in free agency from Arizona to play a tight end. They sent him over to Jacksonville, and Dan actually had a, a solid year as far as he could do with the Jacksonville Jaguars having their Urban Meyer debacle and starting a rookie quarterback in Trevor. Wow, I just forgot Trevor's last name. Wow, how did I forget Trevor's last name? Whatever, he went to Clemson. Y'all know who he is. <laughs> it's going to come back to me eventually. Um, either way, that's actually bothering me a lot right now. Trevor, what is your last name? Trevor, 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 Trevor. Now I'm just ruining the podcast by having to go out there. Trevor Lawrence. Okay, sorry. This, I couldn't go without remembering it. I'm sure you were yelling at me being like, you idiot, it's Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Uh, yeah, he went out there to play with Trevor Lawrence last year. Um, yeah, so the Panthers, to answer your question, they did kind of replace Dan Arnold in a way. Like, they never got the production out of the tight end passing game that we would have hoped and that they probably would have gotten had Dan Arnold been there. And someone had brought up to me before um, in months and weeks past that, Maybe had Dan Arnold stayed here, that would have helped Christian, not Christian McCaffrey, but Sam Darnold once he lost Christian McCaffrey to have a safety valve. And I don't necessarily disagree with that at all. They have, though, spent time and, and, like, and money, I guess, and resources on the tight end position this past offseason. They brought in two UDFAs and Josh Babbitt and Jared Scott. They also brought back Steven Sullivan. And they re-signed Ian Thomas to go along with Colin Thompson, who's back here. And, of course, Tommy Trimble, who they drafted a year ago. They have six tight ends in that room right now. I don't know if any of them is going to be a receiving threat. And here's the thing about Dan Arnold. What he really was was just a wide receiver more so than an actual tight end. I don't know what he would have offered as far as the run-blocking game, which is something very important here in Carolina and what they want to center their offense around until they are able to find a quarterback who can actually spread the ball around and lead this team down the field consistently which maybe they have in Baker Mayfield. It is yet to be seen. So I don't know if they were looking to find someone who's going to replace Dan Arnold. They're just hoping that the six guys that they have in here, that they can find someone, maybe two of them, that can fulfill that role. So I don't really look at it as being something that they're missing a ton right now. Uh, let's go to Travis. He says, uh, been listening since you took over and hope you're having a wonderful day. I am. Thank you, Travis, for the support. I hope you're having a great day as well. Um, as far as Friday Mailbag goes, he's like, with – with how it's looking in the quarterback battle, Baker QB1, Matt QB2, Sam QB3, I would flip that. That's Sam QB2, Matt QB3. I really think it would be the best option. That's well, okay. So he thinks that Baker QB1, Matt QB2, Sam QB3 would be the best option. All right. 
How do you think they set up the depth chart at the start of the season? And thanks for getting me hooked on Bill Bars. Yes. Anytime anyone actually listens to the ad reads, because I know when I listen to podcasts, I always skip through them. But anyone who listens to the ad reads and actually like goes out there and uses the promo codes, thank you for doing that. You're only helping support the, uh, the podcast and the company. And I hope that you actually enjoy Bill Bars. Um, but as far as how it's going to start out, it's going to be Baker and Sam. Whoever wins it, it's going to be those two guys as the top two quarterbacks. And then it's going to be Matt as a third quarterback. That's how it's going to be. Um, now, is that going to be the case throughout the entire season? I don't know. If we get to week 10 and someone gets injured, does Corral come out there first? If he's ready, then put him out there. I still look at this as a year where they would rather, especially, and here's the thing too, if they're in a situation where they're competitive like I think they'll be this year and they think that they're, it's like week 11, week 12, they got to throw, I don't know if, I don't know when the bye week is, I forget, but either way, if it's late in the season, I would not be surprised if they went with the veteran option instead of a guy who's literally never played in the National Football League. Would that be a bad decision? I mean, Sam Darnold, he's shown that he can at least go out there and win you a game. I mean, he can even string three together. But he's not going to be someone who's going to elevate your team through a 17-game season. We know that. Uh, personally, I honestly would rather have the veteran late in December than throwing out a rookie who's never played in the league. That's just – I think that's how – I honestly think that it's probably going to shape up like that where it's Baker, one – Sam two, then Matt three. Just the hope is during practice that Matt is getting a lot of reps with the, with the second team more than Sam. Like maybe put Sam on the scout team, then let Matt be the second team quarterback. That's what I would like to see, or just as long as he's getting enough reps to really develop. That's what I want to see uh, this upcoming season. Um, all right, let's go to Rianne, who says, what's up, Julian? Sup, man. Um, loving the content at the moment surrounding camp. Thank you. Keep it up. Will. I definitely will. It looks and sounds a lot like Steven Sullivan, speaking of tight ends, is having a great camp. Do you think he'll be worth keeping around after the cutdown? And if he's kept, do you think he could make a significant impact as a situational pass-catching tight end? Or do you think maybe that rule McAdoo commitment to running the rock will limit his opportunities? I think, if anything, what's going to limit his opportunities is the fact that uh, DJ Moore's here. Um Chris McCaffrey's healthy, Robbie Anderson's on the roster, and Terrace Marshall is, like, making that leap. He, the tight end's going to be the fifth option in this offense. It's not a, that's not a bad thing. Uh, maybe – and here's the thing. I just don't really know. For me, until I see it, it's hard for me to really believe the tight end is going to have a major role in the passing game this year. And I don't know necessarily that that needs to be the case – when you factor in Christian being back and DJ being here and Robbie hopefully bouncing back and Terrace and even Rashard Higgins, they have plenty of guys to go out there and throw the football to. You just hope in a situation where it comes down to a tight end being targeted that they catch the ball and do something with it. That's what I would like to see. Will Steven Sullivan make the roster? It wouldn't surprise me if they carried four tight ends knowing that Ben McAdoo likes to um, have more tight ends in his, in his offense. Like, I think it will be Colin Thompson will be on the team. I think, obviously, Ian Thomas will be on the team. Tommy Trimble. And I would I could see Steven Sullivan making the team as well. So, yeah, I would be totally cool with that. I just don't really know what it's going to look like until I really see it. And we'll get a glimpse of it next Saturday night when they play uh, old Ron Rivera and the Washington Commandos. Um, all right, let's take another pause here on the show, and I'll come back and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, only a few more questions here on the show. Let's get to them as quickly as possible, and y'all can go out about your day. Unless you want this to last forever, which if you do, uh, what's wrong with you? But also, thank you. Uh, Justin, now, uh, do you think Matt Rule is going to drag out this quarterback battle for some week one secrecy, or will he make a decision getting hard to deny Baker as of today? Yeah, Baker apparently has really taken a step forward. We'll find out what happens uh, tomorrow during the first padded uh, scrimmage to see if he can continue to separate himself from Sam Darnold early on in camp. I think they're going to want to make a decision as soon as they can. Uh, I would hope going into maybe that third game, that dress rehearsal, I mean, that's probably really when you would make the decision after that because then after that, they get all the time to work with the ones. I don't really – again, I have no idea what it's going to look like once they actually start playing preseason games. And Matt Rule is not going to tell us until – we basically see it whenever whoever trots out there, whether I don't know what they're going to play week one. I know they'll play week two, week three, they'll play week four. I guess they won't play. I, I don't know. I think they would like to make a decision as soon as possible. Just so that one guy can continue to practice with the ones and mainly focus with them and get his timing down, especially if it's Baker, which I think it will be. I, I don't think there needs to be any week one secrecy at all like they're gonna name it the quarterback is this is not gonna be like the weird college thing where oh I'm not gonna tell him where week one starter is you're gonna find out when he runs out there like this we're not gonna get like a Jim Harbaugh like a Larry Fedora weirdness he's just gonna do it so he'll he'll name it I'm sure maybe even going to that third pre- uh, preseason game for the dress rehearsal that would probably make the most sense for me but also might make the most sense that that would be the final tryout for the both of them to see who QB1 is um let's see Logan said, I was watching a video about the Cardiac Cats 2003 team, and which is obviously relevant right now. Sam Mills will be going to the Hall of Fame tomorrow night. Um, and I was wondering, do you think that this 2022 Panthers team could have a breakout year like they did? I mean, they had a ball in D, and John Fox said himself in the video, they finally got an offense to complement their defense. We had a great defensive unit last year. We just need a punishing offense. I mean, I love Jake DeLone, but he was no superstar. No, he wasn't. That had a ball in season from uh, – they had a balling season from Stephen Davis. You see a lot of similarities between the two. I wanted to see what you thought. I, I like that. I uh, I have an old friend uh, who's been covering the Carolina Panthers for a long time. We talked about a quarterback uh, who started for the Panthers a couple years ago named Teddy Bridgewater, and he talked about how he didn't really understand, like I didn't, the, the anger surrounding him because there's no mad like quarterback mad in a NFL town. He just said, you know, he didn't really have any guys around him. Now, I guess he did, but as far as like, the offensive line was no good, but I mean, Teddy did have guys. He didn't have Christian that year, and Christian would have helped. And he had four guys go over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Teddy was just Teddy, and the team wasn't very good. You look at Sam Darnold last year, Robbie wasn't great. Sam obviously wasn't great. The offensive line wasn't great, and then Christian was out. I look at this team, though. You Jake DeLome, here's the thing. like Jake DeLome's in the, in the Hall of Honor because of his moxie, his competitive spirit, getting that team to the Super Bowl, and just being absolute nails in the playoffs until he wasn't against Arizona. We try to forget. But either way, Jake DeLum stepped in a situation where he had Musin Muhammad, Steve Smith, Ricky Prohl. He had an 
excellent offensive line. He had Steven Davis, who came over from Washington, had 1,400 yards rushing that year. He had Mike Minner in the safety room on that defense, Dan Morgan, who had 20 tackles in the Super Bowl there in the middle of that defense, and a defensive line was disgusting. Brenton Buckner, Chris Jenkins, Julius Peppers, like, they were nuts. It was absurd how good that defensive line was. So when you have guys around you, especially on offense, you have a quarterback, you have a good running game, you have receivers, you can make up for your mistakes, like, that helps. And I think here in Carolina, for Baker and for Sam, that they have the weapons around them. Obviously, Christian needs to stay healthy. The offensive line should be much better. Defensively, they have some studs, and they've added pieces that already seem to be fitting in really well, like Xavier Woods. I can see that. I, I'm i feeling pretty damn close to saying I think this team can win a division. Like, I not just can, like, will. Like, that's how close I'm getting. Like, looking at the injuries at Tampa, the change that they have there, not really concerned about New Orleans. I still think they'll be really good this year. But, like, I mean, good in, like, terms of, like, they're not going to suck. And Atlanta, who cares? I, I, I honestly am getting very close to it. I have a great vibe about this team. I really do. So, yeah, I see similarities. I think it's possible. And the special teams, how many times did John Casey have game-winning kicks that year? Zane Gonzalez, he's got to be good this year for them as well. That was a big thing. Like, the defense was great. The running game was great. But also special teams-wise, they got it done with Casey and Todd Sauerbrunn. And you have an all-pro kicker now or punter and a Johnny Hecker. I, I, I see the similarities, and I, I really hope that that's going to be the case here in Charlotte this upcoming fall. All right, I got Rod. Uh, he's got a Hall of Fame question. He said, uh, with three Pro Bowls, sorry, three Pro Bowls, uh, one first-team All-Pro, one Super Bowl appearance, and an all-time record for QB rushing touchdowns, does Cam have enough on his resume for Hall of Fame consideration? Good for Tony Baselli, but sucks that the Jaguars have a true Hall of Famer before the Panthers. I feel Pepper, Smith, and Luke are the first wave of great true Panthers, followed by Cam and potentially Olsen. It's interesting that you bring up Tony Baselli because Baselli didn't play that long of a career. But he was awesome when he was out there and injuries in his career early. I think Luke Keekley is very similar to Baselli. I only look at Luke Keekley as a guy who's like absolutely going to the Hall of Fame. Will he go in first ballot? We'll see. But he'll be kind of like Baselli where he didn't play that long. But when he did play, the dude was unquestionably one of the best players of his generation and ever at his position, that linebacker position that would be for Luke Keekley. I mean, Steve's going in. Just look at the receiver list and just all-time um, as far as receiving yards. And he's got to get in, like, next year. Because if he doesn't start getting in, I mean, there was obviously the period of time. But it's going to be a lot tougher for receivers moving forward to get in to the, the Hall of Fame. But I think Steve absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. And, and yeah, Julius Peppers, first ballot, no doubt that's going to happen. Greg Olson, it's it's funny. I was actually at a Ruru's Taco Tequila over in um, – I guess Myers Park would be, the I guess, the neighborhood over there. More, It's probably more Eastover either way. Y'all probably know it if you live in Charlotte. I was over there one night uh, with my girlfriend, and sitting behind us was Greg Olson's wife, Carol Olson. And I overheard a couple things. Uh, maybe I was eavesdropping. Um but I did hear her say, I kind of probably should be saying this, that she didn't, that they didn't really feel like Greg was going to make the Hall of Fame. So going off what, I guess, the wife and the household feels like, I guess Greg probably won't be there. Cam is, a diff, is an interesting conversation because he was at the height of his powers in 2015. Then he gets the injury there in 2016, and he's just like really never the same. Had a really good two year in 2017. The first eight games of 2017 or 18 were great. And then after that, it was over. And like to come out and to set passing records in your first two games and to 
set rookie records, be the rookie offensive player of the year, to be the MVP of the league, to take the Panthers to the playoffs four of the five years, and to be the offense and to do it. Like, this thing, like, in this Hall of Fame candidacy, they had to talk about that 2015 season. I sat there all year long and just trying to understand how the hell the Panthers had the top offense. Like, the offensive line was good that year. But, like, you look at what they had. Like, Jonathan Stewart was, was towards the end of his career. They had freaking Philly Brown, Devin Funches, Ted Ginn, like Greg Olson obviously was really good. Like he took those guys, even like Britton Burson, he took those dudes to 15 and 1 to the freaking Super Bowl. And they blew out Seattle. And they embarrassed Arizona and a great secondary against those receivers. Uh, and if you look at the impact of the game, look at every quarterback that's come in the league now, like Mahomes and like Deshaun and like Russell and all these like guys, especially the black quarterbacks and like Lamar, and just kind of what people look at. And even Josh Allen's one of them as well. Just the kind of athlete. It doesn't have to be a black-white thing, but kind of athlete that you need at the quarterback position. It's hard not to say that Cam Newton didn't play a large role in that. Like, I'm hearing now about Will Levis at Kentucky. NFL scouts are enamored by him, not just because, I mean, last year he worked with um, now the new Rams OC, and he's working in an NFL system. But it's also the fact that, like, they look at him and they see Josh Allen. Uh, Bomani Jones has been uh, saying this for years. He's been calling Josh Allen Jaheim Allen. Like, he's like, Josh Allen's like Cam Newton. And Josh Allen, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he looks like he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. Like, Cam, just based off of the impact he's had in the game, what he did at the peak of uh, at the height of his career, and it, I think it was for possibly long enough. Might not have been long enough. And that might be the one thing that holds Cam up. But he absolutely deserves consideration. Will he get in? Man, I hope so. It's just, it's, you look at it like, look at his entire career. Tyler Ricky Tynes, who now works for the uh, for GQ, did a really good podcast back when he was with the Ringer about Cam Newton. And you just go back through his career like that guy. You got you can't tell me that's not one of the greatest football players of all time. NFL players, I don't know, but he to me, I, I think he absolutely deserves consideration. I just think the impact he's had it'd be a real tough pill to swallow for him not to get in there. All right, James. Now, good morning, Julian. Good morning, James. Uh, I've stopped saying rules on the hot seat, but hypothetically speaking, how much of a difference would a top-tier coach make on our Panthers as they are currently constructed? You, If Matt Rule gets fired, I, I would expect that they would go to the young offensive play caller kind of situation. And how much does that change things? I don't know. They don't have Until they get a quarterback, maybe it's Baker, it's really not going to matter. And the offensive line's got to be better. The defense, of course, needs to keep doing their thing. But really, until they have a quarterback, like, what can you reasonably expect? Like, the last two years, the expectations should not have been high at all, especially when you look at the roster construction. Now the expectations absolutely should be there, and that rule needs to deliver this year. I'll keep going back to this. David Tepper hired Matt Rule. What makes you think David Tepper, if he fires Matt Rule, is going to hire the right guy the second time around? Based off of everything that's happened so far with the soccer team and that coaching situation – and what's happened with his business deals at Eastland Mall site and uh, up in Rock Hill, what leads you to believe that David Tepper is going to make the right decision? So, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm hoping – I hope Matt Rule works out. I was certainly someone who vouched for him to come back for another season because I really didn't understand um, why you would get rid of a coach after two years. It wasn't an unmitigated disaster like Joe Judge up in New York with the Giants. It wasn't like an Urban Meyer situation last year for a one season in Jacksonville. I, I still think Matt Rule has an opportunity to get the Panthers in the playoffs, and I think he'll do it this year. Okay, I uh, got two more. Alex and Jake both asked basically the same question. Where do you rank him as far as DJ Moore? 
as a top X receiver in the league, and Jake Ash is DJ Moore a true number one receiver, and will he finally become more of a touchdown threat, assuming Baker is a starter? Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore has had basically four touchdowns, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. And if you're a fantasy player, which I finally liberated myself and quit my fantasy league this week, uh, feels great. Um, you probably don't want him on your team because he's he's going to get a lot of yards. He's not going to score touchdowns. If you don't score touchdowns, it don't really matter how many yards you get unless you just get like 2,000 yards in a season, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think he's a true, two, true number one receiver. He's obviously one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Um, as far as like a, the X position, like he's not like that traditional, like the Julio Jones like type of like size wise kind of X guy like you don't look at him as like a, the frame wise as being that kind of dude. I think he's just as good as like the AJ Browns and the DK Metcalfs and those guys. Like I would think he's probably even a better route runner than those dudes. So I don't know necessarily where to, where to rank DJ. Like there's the tiers of like dudes that you're gonna pay a boatload of money. Like Stephon Diggs is one of those guys. Like and he's right there. Like Stephon, like he he's like really good. Like close to kind of Stephon Diggs as far as like the talent wise. And you look over the last couple of years, like only him and Stephon Diggs have had the certain amount of yardage that they've had the last couple of seasons. I don't know necessarily where he ranks. Like there's guys that you definitely give money to, and like give them whatever they want. And there's guys that you kind of give like you know the next kind of level, which I think that's where DJ Moore stands. I think he's probably like a top 10, top 12, 15 guy. I mean, he's he's good. He's up there. It would be nice to just see what he really could do with the true quarterback under center. And maybe that might be the case here with Baker this upcoming season, assuming that Baker does win the job. Final question uh, comes from Josh. He says, if Damian Wilson can't play, who is someone that would want the Panthers, who you would want the Panthers to trade for to give Shaq some help? Uh, so this was something that is – Still being monitored. It was he was asked about it the other day. First time he spoken to the the media. Um, and according to Joe Person from the Athletic, an NFL spokesperson says the league is still monitoring the legal uh, developments with Panthers linebacker Damian Wilson. Wilson is facing a criminal mischief charge in Texas after allegedly threatening his ex girlfriend with a tire iron and destroying her t- laptop back in April. And Wilson, of course, declined comment this week. Can't really comment on those ongoing league matters. Same case for the Carolina Panthers, who are obviously aware of the situation he might be suspended a game or two uh we you never know we got the whole Deshaun Watson thing going on the league's going to appeal that the league has just doesn't have a great track record of suspensions with guys who have threatened violence upon women or actually committed violent acts against women or been alleged to do so maybe if, if anything I could see him just guessing I have no idea honestly um, just guessing, he maybe misses a game or two. If that's the case, they brought in Corey Littleton. They drafted Brandon Smith. There's no nec- there's no need for a trade. We could always wait to the roster cutdowns and see who's on the waiver wire and see if they want to do something like that. Like Anthony Barr was available. He just signed with Dallas. They decided that wasn't something they were interested in. I think he's going to play. And Joe Person, when he came on the podcast, probably back in June, said that he's going to play this upcoming season. He might miss a game or two, and that's just my best guess based off of what's been alleged and – Typically how the league goes about it. And maybe the league won't do anything. I don't know. Either way, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly. That's me, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to follow the show wherever you listen to your podcast. So whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify and all the rest, just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council so you can participate in next week's weekly 
Friday mailbag here on the show. Either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council to participate in next week's edition. Get in those questions as soon as you have them. Just go ahead and slide through those DMs, and I will get to it next week. In the meantime, y'all have a great, safe, happy weekend. I'm headed to Chattanooga for a wedding. I'm number six out of eight of the year, guys. I have no, too many friends. I wish I was less likable. I'm sure there's someone watching this being like, I hate you, Julian. I don't know how anyone wants to invite you to anything. And you're probably right. Either way, uh, have a great weekend. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Monday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.